0: This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment.
1: Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber, Dub them ease. And... This podcast, you may not hear it from me, but if you're on YouTube, you may see it. My arms are a little bit sore today, Mark. They're a little bit sore. Mm -hmm. They can see the soreness. Too much working out today. Too much uh, Mm -hmm. being a bamf at the gym. Day one. Day one of working out. Day one. Did some back and arms, because that's what... uh, I believe he wants me to call him Rank Daddy. Mike Rankin wants, yeah. he wants me to call him. That's what he Dad. says when he's spotting you? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> call exactly me Rank what Daddy. exactly what he says. But yeah, me and Rankin went to there, the gym today. You just how does this help me? <laughs> <laughs> me and him went to the gym today. He mm-hmm. kind of showed me the ropes because I am what you would call a noob. I'm a novice when it comes to the whole gym atmosphere because, mm. let's be honest, does it look like I go to the gym often? I do not.
0: But right. no, not to, to cross streams here with basketball and football. Nice
1: Ghostbusters reference.
0: Right, it's coming out, the new one. Anyways, uh, <laughs> but I did enjoy your LeBron James reveal where it's just. With the back. The back, and yep. then you turn around, and you're just like, what? Uh. That I, I feel like that was your inspiration for I need to start working out.
1: I think it was. Well, the king yeah. has returned, and the king can't look like this. That's. That's what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but before we start today's podcast, we're going to be looking at the NFC South, continuing our NFL previews, and we start with some happy banter, but before we get into everything, Mark, it is a sad day for the football world. As earlier today, as we were recording this on Tuesday, we lost a legend today in that of your 85 Bears, Buddy Ryan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Even though it's summer, I had to to bust out a bear's hoodie. Yeah, you were a hoodie, it.
1: but today was a cooler day. It is; it's it. a little cooler.
0: Um, I, I actually almost decided to go with. Uh, I'm wearing blue socks right now. I almost went blue and orange socks mm-hmm. too. Uh, decided I had a little bit more class than that. I didn't. I didn't want to mix match my <laughs> socks here. Uh, but you know, it, it's it's too bad because the Chicago Bears really, without Buddy Ryan, would not have had. That Super Bowl win, mm-hmm. and there's no doubt about that. Buddy Ryan built that team. He built the 46 defense. Well,
1: I was going to say the revolutionary yeah. 46 defense.
0: He changed everything. Um, him and uh, you know, him and Mike Ditka were the perfect combination. They really needed each other to make that work. And as soon as they did not have each other anymore, it all fell apart. So in, in Chicago, we all. Absolutely love uh, Buddy Ryan. We all, you know, we we give a lot of the name and the appreciation to Ditka, but I think we all kind of know that it was the defense and Buddy Ryan that made it all happen, really. The um, only time, if I remember correct, the only time in NFL history in a Super Bowl where two coaches were raised up and carried off the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, because
1: the defense for the Bears raised Buddy up because yeah. he was the father of that defense. You
0: know, not too often you have basically two head coaches mm-hmm. in a way. Um so yeah, I mean Chicago fans here and the people in Chicago, we all really embrace that and we still remember that legacy. We still talk about it today. It's still such a big, you know, story part of the franchise, of the fans, of you know, Chicago in general. Uh you know, a city that's had tons and tons of success, unless you count the the Cubs. Um uh, besides hey, that, tons and tons hey, of success. We're good this year. So far. I mean those injuries. <laughs> We're really uh, starting to take a toll.
1: We'll see. We'll see.
0: Really starting to take a toll on the team. Uh, you know, so it, there's a lot of success here, but it's interesting how the Chicago Bears, yes, we had pre-Super Bowl success, mm-hmm. but we really hang our hats on that one Super Bowl because it was the best defense to ever take the field in all of the NFL.
1: Well, I think I heard it today. I did not know this coming into um, today that in that 85 playoff run, the only time a team scored on that defense was the last quarter of the Super Bowl. That was it. You
0: just can't beat the best. That's what it comes down to. And it's it's such a such an interesting thing with the team too. Um, I mean, you can reference like the Seattle Seahawks who went in, kicked ass, mm-hmm. and now where are they? You know, they're they're falling. They're still a good team, but they're still falling off a little bit of what they were. Uh, you know, you have teams that go one and then nothing all the time. But it's just an interesting situation where you had the Chicago Bears. They were a very good team the year the season before. They were a fucking amazing team and then they were still a good team afterwards, mm-hmm. but they went they kicked everybody's asses. They won a Super Bowl and then that was it.
1: Well, we're going to gracefully move over from that the mm-hmm. passing of Buddy Ryan who we we've lost a legend today and there's no way to there's and no really, way when nicely
0: you, to put yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, if if anyone hasn't, I, I definitely recommend watch the Chicago Bears. The, the 30 for 30? The 30 for 30. Not only because it's great. Not only because Mike Singletary mm-hmm. in
1: it is great. And he cries. Like, and he th- cries. That was an emotional yeah. moment where he cries. Uh, but
0: just to kind of... It's, it's unfortunate, but mm-hmm. you just have to kind of see... Even if you just watch the parts with Buddy Ryan, just to see where he's at now. It gives you a very good understanding... Um not just of the legend but of really what happened and and it just kind of makes you appreciate life a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean anything like that's going to happen when when someone uh passes away, but really to see what became uh what became of the man, you know, who created this legendary defense mm-hmm. and where he ended up now. It's unfortunate,
1: but it's
0: definitely something to take take note of.
1: Well, and we are going to now move into the main meat and potatoes of our podcast today. We're previewing the NFC South. And if you're new to a preview podcast here on the Onside Kick, the way we like to do things is we go through each of the teams just a little bit, starting with the worst from last year, going all the way to the division winner. And then at the very end, we kind of give our kind of thoughts with the where we think who's going to win the division, how many playoff teams, Obviously, that can all change though when we get to August and training camp and we actually see the players on the field. But we start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who finished in last place for the NFC South. And some of the new additions and key losses was they lose Daryl Smith. He are they, not Daryl Smith. They lose Henry Melton. I should say he is now gone. They also lose. Tony McDaniels, they do, and gain Daryl Smith. They gain Brent Grimes. They gain Robert Ayers coming over from New York. They get to keep Doug Martin, but to me, and I said this in my box preview video, this whole season for the Buccaneers, to me, rides on Jameis Winston. It's kind of the same thing what we talked about with the Titans in the AFC South is just like the Titans it's all on you. It's all on Mariota. Yeah, they got Demarco Murray now, but for this Buccaneer team, I want to see what Jameis Winston can do in year two because he didn't have that bad of a rookie season.
0: No, he did pretty well in his rookie season. Uh, and, and it's interesting with the Bucks because they were not a bad team when Lovey Smith came in, mm-hmm. and Lovey Smith really. You know, he did okay, but he really didn't get the defense going. The defense was like the strongest part of the team when he Mm -hmm. came in. And then it just kind of deteriorated a little bit. So they did great on the run game. I mean, Doug Martin kicks ass. It's surprising that the muscle hamster can still do it, but he gets it done. Uh, It's with Winston out there, you know, you just want to see that he doesn't have that sophomore slump. You want to see him continue to progress keep doing well, and then really look at the draft, and what did they do? They went heavy defense. Vernon Hargraves, that's a huge addition. That's going to be very beneficial. That's going to be very helpful. Uh, you know, he's not Jalen Ramsey, mm-hmm. but he's not that far away. He was obviously the next best. Uh, just happened that Jalen Ramsey was so above and beyond. Uh, but even a guy like Noah Spence, that's going to be a very strong contributor from the get-go. This team... They're not going to be climbing up to the top or anything. They're not going to blow anybody out of the water, but they're not
1: going to be terrible. I said this in my preview too. That it's hard. This division is only going to be hard in the sense of who's going to come in last. Because I kind of feel like most people are saying, "Okay, Panthers are going to repeat." I know this is yeah, Panthers got the division for sure. This is a division where if you look back, I mean. The Panthers, this year and the year before, I believe, were the only times that teams have repeated. Nope, I was wrong. They did it three times in a row. But the Panthers are going to win this division. To me, for the Bucs, the way I see it is they're either going to be good enough to be third, or they're just going to be in last place and not able to get past the Falcons and the Saints. But the one thing... I will say about the Bucks is like, and I don't mean this negatively to Buccaneer fans. I don't see them making the playoffs. No, for sure. About to me, if I could see maturity out of Jameis Winston, Mm -hmm. and I could see a better season than the rookie year, and just a defense that looks more competent under a new head coach, that would be a success for me.
0: I think the big thing for the two no longer rookie quarterbacks of Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, uh, people kind of the storyline coming in was that if you got. Winston, you were going to succeed right off the bat. You were going to be the better team to begin mm-hmm. with, but if you got Mariota, you might not succeed right away, but he would be better long-term. Mm-hmm. So this is the kind of defining moment here where we're going to start to see these players. And yeah, it's only the second year. You got to give some of these guys some time, but we're going to start to see this, and we're going to compare these two because they're forever going to be linked
1: oh, they together. Are. Especially after that first game we saw last year yeah, oh, where yeah. Mariota came out. Boom, like a cannonball out of a cannon, mm-hmm. and you had Jameis Winston who threw two touchdowns, two INTs, and ended up losing 42-14. to 14.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what they go. Like you you mentioned how he's got to be mature. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were nervous about that maturity. A lot of people weren't sure how he was going to lead a team. One year is great, but now with coaching changes, now with everything going on, kind of a uh, um, more of a fresh approach to this team— He's got to still be that leader. He's got to continue to develop, continue to mature. He needs to show that he is going to be the franchise leader. Uh, because Tampa Bay, I have them, you know, I, I don't want to get too into my predictions. You mm-hmm. guys can can find a little bit more about that later. Um, but I have them as one of the bottom teams in the league probably at the end of 2016. Things can change, mm-hmm. but I just don't see things going all that well for the Buccaneers.
1: Well, and I mean... They're bringing in. Well, they didn't bring in. They promoted, I should say, their offensive-minded offensive coordinator in Dirk Cotter. And the thing with Cotter that I'm, it's you got a rookie head coach. This is yeah. a guy who he's been an offensive coordinator in the league with three separate teams: the Buccaneers in 2015, the Falcons from 2012 to 2014, and the Jacksonville Jaguars from 07 to. 2011 and this is a guy who's been a head coach in college made the jump as a coordinator now he's finally what 10 years later a head coach in the NFL that's another thing to look at with this Buccaneer team because it's a rookie head coach Mm -hmm. is that gonna like usually rookie head coaches don't have the most successful seasons no. unless you're Pete Carroll.
0: And, and things you worry about too, you worry about if they do poorly. I'm not saying that, that Jameis Winston's going anywhere. Don't don't mm-hmm. you know, don't let these words get ahead of what they really mean. But you do have a young guy, if they have one of these top picks, you know, Jameis Winston might Deshaun get nervous. Watson. He might get nervous and say, Is this guy, does he really believe in me? Mm-hmm. But other things I kind of think about Well that's why they replaced Lovey with Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I also kind of worry, though, that he wasn't a guy who really saw that much success mm-hmm. when in the NFL. His NFL tenure has not been filled with success. It's just kind of been making a lot of lateral movements, and then finally he just got lucky that Lovey Smith got ousted so, so quickly.
1: Mean, he did work with Matt Ryan in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, but this was in the kind of tailing down of the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons haven't been what they used to be. Mm -hmm. He got to work with—I mean, Matt Ryan's a great quarterback. There's no doubt about that. Julio Jones is there, and that's just an amazing thing to get to work with a guy like Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. But it really was kind of a falling off of the Atlanta Falcons. They have not been—for the last, like, three years now, they have not been what they used to be. Uh, When Matty Ice was the real deal with that ice in his veins, not so much anymore. Uh, So, I mean— I, I just wondered about the that transition. I mean, I do feel like, yeah, you have a guy you're promoting from within. There weren't tons and tons of options available mm-hmm. to you. Um, but I'm not sure, especially when what happened. Why did Levy Smith get fired? He did not destroy this team. He did not Pete Carroll, this team. I mean, not Pete Carroll, uh, Chip Kelly, this team. I got my wrong college coach. Uh, you know, he didn't destroy the team. He didn't get rid of personnel or anything like that. The problem that Lovey Smith faced was that the defense went from being pretty good to being pretty okay
1: to bad. Mm-hmm. And he's a defensive-minded head coach.
0: And now you go and say, "All right, we're going head on offense because yeah, we got we've this got great running back. We got the young quarterback." Mm-hmm. And then immediately in the draft, your first two picks, you go defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a bad thing at all, but I'm just saying it doesn't seem like this team has a clear identity. identity. They're saying, we want to be this offense because that's where the strength is. Okay, we're drafting defense. Our defense keeps getting worse. We fired a defensive Mm -hmm. coach because he let the defense get worse. But we're we're not going to invest on the coaching side of that as much. I don't know. I just kind of – maybe people are going to get mad at me for saying this, but I just feel like the Buccaneers don't know who the Buccaneers want to be.
1: Well, and I feel like with Cotter, they've got to – come in there because I'm looking Matt Ryan's numbers yardage wise. He had that great 2012 season with 4,700 yards and 45, 46. But if we look at the records, Mark, you kind of hit the nail on the head. That first year, 13, like his Mm -hmm. first year there in 2012, they were the 13 and three Atlanta Falcons team. Yeah, they kicked ass. Then four and 12, six and 10. So that's kind of, I know that Mm -hmm. he's, he wasn't the head coach, and I know Matt Ryan's numbers were looking at it from Cotter to yeah. quarterback, but that kind of right now. But, I'm I mean, not yeah, really you think of a, you think season. of a guy
0: like like uh, like Philbin, who was you know not too long ago the mm-hmm. head coach of the Miami Dolphins. He was successful because he was working with guys like uh, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. He's working with Jordy Nelson. He was working with really great weapons and really great pieces that worked very well. No one's doubting that Matt Ryan is a great quarterback. No one's doubting that Julio Jones is one of the best wide receivers in the game. So, uh, you know, those pieces are making a guy look better. I'm nervous with him being the head coach now of the Buccaneers. I'm expecting to see Philbin Mm -hmm. 2.0 just on a different team that happens to be in Florida.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the one thing, is there anything, before we move on to the Saints, is there anything with the Bucs that you think we missed or didn't hit on? I
0: think the most important thing to to the Bucks um besides the, their whole revamping of their kickers mm-hmm. uh, this year which was very oh, important.
1: They've got uh Reboito Agayo from mm-hmm. uh, Florida State. You got you kicker. Got to reboot his, your kickers. Got to kickers the, are important. Got to get Janus's kicker in the second round He man. wanted his guy. That will uh, get you a good g- good draft grade from Ricky by the way. Yeah. That's what that'll do. The get. kicker. Kickers are important. But it's no, I mean idiotic. they they did
0: what they needed to do. Uh Doug Martin Mm-hmm. Lock the man up. That's only going to help. Uh, I mean, I, I would have loved to see more if they could have made a bigger splash, you know, at wide receiver. Because mm-hmm. yes, you get a, a good running back option. I would have loved to give Jameis Winston a better option to throw the ball to. Mm-hmm. But it's they're not in a, they're not in terrible shape. They were yeah. trying to fix the the defense. The biggest thing for the Buccaneers. It's weird to say it this way, but I think it's the coaching staff. And I think that's
1: how they're going to click in Cotter's first year.
0: And I wouldn't be surprised to unfortunately see another chutting of a guy being kicked out soon because I don't think it's a great fit. Maybe. I just don't think it's going to work.
1: Well, let's move on. We're going to go from now Tampa to New Orleans, some Louisiana. And if we look at some key losses, key additions, some of the losses according to the ESPN free agent tracker, we've got Tim Hightower is no longer there. We've got Marquise Colston is gone. Brandon Browner is gone. Josh Hill is gone, I believe. No, wait, Josh Hill got re-signed. But the big additions, we've got James Laurinaitis coming over from, he was cut from the, I don't know, I almost said St. Louis, the L.A. Rams. Then we've got Craig Robinson coming over, linebacker from Cleveland, and the biggest free agent signing for the Saints this season, Kobe Fleener coming over from Indianapolis and the thing I see with this Saints team is you've got Drew Brees but Drew Brees is kind of getting older we've got Sean Payton who's been the head coach since god I can't remember when he wasn't the head coach of this team oh yeah by the way Nick Fairley is also on this team the thing that I look at their free agency and their draft and I go they got they got him some weapons and by him I mean Drew Brees They said, you know what? We don't have Jimmy Graham anymore. Let's go get Kobe Fleener. Let's go get the guy who, is he an elite tight end in this league? No, but he can be a serviceable number one tight end for you on the field. And then they go out and say, well, you know what? We're going to move away from Marquise Colston. You know what? Colston's not the guy anymore. So what do they do in the draft? They go and hit defense in the first round, but then in the second round they get a guy like Michael Thomas to come in from Ohio State. So those are two moves right there that I think the Saints were like, you know what, we got to get Drew Brees some younger, well, younger in the case of Thomas to Colston, but we got to get him also a tight end that he can rely mm-hmm. on like Jimmy Graham, who isn't Jimmy Graham.
0: I mean, I think that the the Saints kind of forgot about how valuable Jimmy Graham was. Mm-hmm. Not that the Seahawks understood how valuable he was. Uh, they didn't use him well enough. But they they kind of lost that. I don't think Kobe Fleener is really the good answer because people are going to say, yeah, but now he's playing with Drew Brees. But he was just playing of Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's a fucking great I don't know if Andrew
1: Luck's as good as Drew Brees, man.
0: At the end of their careers, Andrew Luck's going to be better than Drew Brees. There's no yeah, doubt about I mean, that.
1: If we're looking I mean last year too. He I was mean, hurt. Andrew Luck wasn't even out there. Yeah. So that kinda hurt Kobe Fleener in a contract year. But yeah, I I I'll go on the side that Drew Brees can make Kobe Fleener a better tight end or I'm sorry, we'll go with the Jimmy Graham term, a pass catcher.
0: Yeah, a better pass catcher. Um I, I don't know. I'm just, my thought on it is I think he'll be good. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm not saying that Drew Brees can't help, but I just don't think you're going to get Jimmy Graham level or mm-hmm. Gronkowski level production out of the guy. Because uh, if he couldn't do that with Andrew Luck, I don't see why he's going to suddenly do it with Drew Brees. Now, the thing about this, this offense here, or this team, I should say, they scored a shit ton of points last year. They were the best passing attack in the league. Mm hmm. They were also the fucking t- worst defense in the league. They were terrible, defensively. Absolutely terrible. They almost let up 30 points a game. That's a joke. That's You should feel bad about yourself. So getting a guy uh, like Rankins to— They also got
1: Von Bell, too.
0: Of course. Getting these guys to, to be in the secondary and to be right up front mm-hmm. on the line like Rankins, that's going to only help— this team is a team that I feel like is in transition— only because you don't go from absolute worst defense to being good enough to really make a run at it, especially when you're playing or in the division you have the best defense in the league last year, or second best if you want to put Von Miller's defense in, in Denver over them. Um so I it's just it's unfortunate because I'm not a Drew Brees fan, Ricky. You know I'm not a Drew mm-hmm. Brees fan. I don't like the guy very much. Uh, not as a player. I'm. F- I like him as a player. He's a very talented player. Just didn't like all his comments that he. He's always talking, and that bugs me. <laughs> it's. I'm referencing, of course, back with the bounty gate things and everything like that. He just never stopped talking, and it bugged me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, it's unfortunate that Drew Brees is not going to get another chance. He's not going to get another chance to go to another Super Bowl Mm -hmm. because the team is not going to be good enough, and they're not going to get through this transition in time for Drew Brees to be there.
1: With Drew Brees and the Saints this year, are they going to win the division? Nope. As Patty Kane would say here in Chicago, not a chance, not a chance. However, this is a team that if they can get everything clicking enough— could they get a wild card spot? If you guys have been listening to the onside kick for some time, you know my answer to that question is, no, they're not going to get a wild card because the NFC North is going to have three teams in the playoffs this some year would and two think. wild cards. So that's going to completely block the Saints from getting into the playoffs this season. But another addition for this team, we talked about the coaching side of it for the Saints, but a big coaching addition was the interim head coach for the Dolphins last year, brought a spark to that team, is now the assistant head coach and tight ends coach for the Saints team in Dan Campbell.
0: You know, here's the thing about that, and this is a He's cl- an aside. assistant
1: though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And he can maybe work with Kobe Fleener to be a good weapon for Drew Brees.
0: But here's my aside on this one. How the hell can you be the assistant head coach? And a tight ends coach? And a tight ends coach. You're a position coach. You're not the assistant head coach. You can't What's be says? because you assistant are a coach?
1: position coach. What, you're saying assistant coaches can only be coordinators? You have to be a real
0: fucking, like, <laughs> coordinator, yeah. Being a position coach doesn't, I mean... But he was a head coach last year. He wasn't. He did very well that's, with what he that's had. What
1: I, th- and I, I think, just
0: think that it's fucking stupid for you to say, hey here's this guy, we think he's really good, he only works with tight ends, but he's our assistant coach. That doesn't make any sense. That's like everybody at a bank is the vice president of something. It doesn't <laughs> fucking make sense. It's just a dumbass title that they give you.
1: No, I. from what I think about the Saints team— I still
0: feel bad for him because he should have won the head coach job in Miami.
1: No, he should have. It should have been, been his. Well, then, but he then, wasn't
0: going to beat Adam Gates. Yeah,
1: then your boy Adam Gates doesn't get a job.
0: Whatever, he can stay in Chicago. You, you don't want him. You don't want him to he get can it. stay in Chicago. I don't mind.
1: But I mean, this is. I mean, you look at their offense because he wouldn't be a defensive coordinator. He would have been the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And I mean, right now
0: they did not need to fix anything on the offense. No, side and of I ball. mean
1: Pete Carmichael's been there since 2009 as their offensive coordinator, but. I'm glad you brought up the coordinators because they made a change on the defensive side of the they ball. They had to. I mean, you said their defense ranked pretty fucking bad. And in somehow, somehow, Dennis some Allen way, keeps the job. Well, doesn't keep the job, gets moved up from yeah. a defensive assistant to defensive coordinator. But how the hell does Rob
0: Ryan lead the worst defense in the NFL and then get a job somewhere?
1: because of his brother
0: exactly yeah. how the hell does that happen I mean, you know, we were just talking about the guy's father and saying good things like that. Now we're going to criticize his sons. But Rob Ryan now, does not tr- deserve gonna a job. I'm
1: going to try not to. I'm going to try to refrain and let you get well, Rob the Ryan.
0: I'm from Chicago, so I feel like I can do it. <laughs> Rob Ryan does not deserve a job in the NFL right now.
1: Well, well, we're both from Chicago. You're just a Bears fan. You're not really from Chicago,
0: Ricky. <laughs> I am <laughs> from Chicago. You're
1: more from Chicago
0: than I am, actually. I am. Um, but... At least your – well, your address isn't actually in Chicago, but if you like cross the street, you're yeah. in Chicago. Mo,
1: my, my mom's grandparents were Chicago. So, yeah. There I grew go. up in Chicago. <laughs>
0: kind of. <laughs> uh, weird politi- – you know, people like to make fun of Illinois politics and Chicago politics, but mm-hmm. literally they just kind of – this whole area where we record this podcast mm-hmm. is Chicago but only because somebody knew somebody and they wanted it included so they yep. redrew the lines mm-hmm. anyways all
1: zoning baby
0: yep exactly but yeah it's just he, Rob Ryan leads this this defense and they're fucking terrible and somehow he's going to get his brother to give him a job i don't know mm-hmm. it, is everything going to be fixed probably not this defense is not completely fixed yet they went to the draft to get two not one but two defensive tackles they got their safety you know they're trying to help out on the offensive side of the ball too cuz like you said Drew Brees does need some weapons to throw the ball to uh Michael Thomas you know how i feel about ohio state wide receivers mm-hmm. i love them dane sansenbocker was a good guy <laughs> back when he was in chicago uh just saying he Before caught the ball went to a few Cincy. times caught the ball a few times uh but you know it's it's just unfortunate when i look at it and think you know drew brees uh, such a great talent is getting wasted and only going to get himself one super mm-hmm. bowl ring ever
1: well, and, yeah, like I said, this season for the Saints, it's going to be all about can the defense be improved because Drew Brees is going to will this team. He's going to will this offense to be good because the de- the offense only goes as far as Drew Brees will take them. But it's got to be the defense that plays a lot better than they did last year. And the way I see the division going is... The Panthers are winning the division. Boom, there's my last segment. Sorry I spoiled it for you, but the Panthers are the division favorite, and then who's going to get second? It's going to be the Saints and the Falcons. and
0: It's going to be a tough battle for a second.
1: It's going to be, and I mean the Falcons are in kind of a weird spot too because if we're going to move on into their kind of, I'll give you their losses and their additions coming into this season – they cut Roddy White. He's no longer with the team. They don't have Corey Bierman anymore. Uh, Chris Chester's gone. Jake Long is gone. They bring in their three big free agents. That they bring in is Alex Mack, center from Cleveland. Good job getting That's out of the factory one. of sadness. Yeah. Muhammad Sanu, who the thing with Muhammad that I'm thinking about is, yeah, it's pretty good to be a like quality wide receiver, when AJ Green's double coverage and Andy Dalton has to throw to you, plus when you have the offensive mastermind in Hugh Jackson or Wolverine yeah. as your offensive coordinator, which he won't have here. And then Derek Shelby, defensive tackle from Miami, were their top additions. And this Atlanta team, I mean, second year, second year for um, their head coach, who I'm blanking on right now, came over from. Seattle, Dan somebody. You're going to have to look that up for me, Mark, or else I will when you're talking. You're making me blank the name, but too. they had a good year, started out six wins right off the bat, and then fell off the face of the earth. Well, the thing
0: that I liked it, Dan Quinn. There we go. Dan Quinn, um, that was it. It's such a simple name to forget. Anyways.
1: It was only the last name that I forgot, too. I knew the first name was Dan. I knew where he well, came you from. Well, you probably wanted to say Dan Campbell. Uh, Almost. I wanted to say something with an S. So... Dan Samble uh, the, Dan Schwinn The thing
0: is This is a team When you think back To hard knocks mm-hmm. Not too long ago They were on hard knocks They were going to Rebuild this identity As a tough team Because mm-hmm. nobody in the league Thought the Falcons Were tough yeah, That's true And they did a pretty good job They got You know They definitely got better Defensively mm-hmm. uh, They go and they help out The secondary in the draft They get uh, Deion Jones as well That's going to be great in the, in the linebacking unit There they're getting a lot of help. They should be better. Julio Jones is going to be Julio Jones. And Sanu is going to benefit just like he did when he had A.J. Green on the opposite side. He's going to go ahead and get the benefit of Julio Jones the double covered. I'm getting some help. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm wide open because nobody's covering me. Everybody's on him. Mm-hmm. So he's going to do that. And he's still got a great quarterback. I would say Andy Dalton, Matt, uh, Matty Ice, I would put them at the same spot. Maybe Matt Ryan a little bit, maybe a little bit better Mm -hmm. than Andy Dalton. Uh, But he's, it's a complete lateral shift for Sanu, so I'm not worried about that in his case. The things that I kind of think with the Atlanta Falcons
1: is... Devonta Freeman's got to stay healthy. It's certainly gonna help because he had a huge injury last year that maybe and they, he was could've, he could have they was having a great start he to was the season. yeah he was the reason why they were six and everyone 0. was like Atlanta Falcons are back
0: they're here they're not going to you know they're not going to be this pushover team that they were just last year mm-hmm. and then he goes and he's gone I was
1: just kind of I mean I remember and it was five and oh I'm sorry five and0 not six and 0. I remember in
0: fantasy football I was one of those people who was super excited to mm-hmm. just randomly have drafted him. Like, yeah, he'll
1: be okay. He'll be good enough. And then you traded him to uh, Slowinski, who's Lions guy on this podcast. Yeah, traded to the right? Lions guy. Yeah. I didn't do that. But, yeah, this was a team that it, I said 6-0. and oh, mm-hmm. I think I was thinking 6 because it was actually 6-1. and one. And then after that, they go on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6-game losing streak. So just like that, you're 6-7. and seven.
0: Yeah. The the thing that I remember with the Atlanta Falcons um, and wh- one reason why I think, you know, with Sanu being there, th- this is one of the things they're trying to help. And Roddy White's out the door. There. Well, Roddy
1: White was just getting old. Oh, I mean, for sure. Do, do I love Roddy White? Yes. Do I? I love seeing We actually did a podcast. Oh, shoot. Was this on how much you love Roddy White? Well, no, I think this was. I can't remember. I'm going to have to look it up. I can't remember if it was on the MVP account. Or when we used to be the onside kick account, mm-hmm. but we did a podcast with I think Dave was on that podcast too. At the talking time. about the best duo. D- talking about the best wide receiver. That was on the, the onside kick. That's okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: So the thing about Julio Jones, obviously, I mean, are not necessarily Julio Jones, but the Atlanta Falcons was mm-hmm. the thing I remember about these guys. One of the best passing attacks, but they didn't score touchdowns that well. Mm Mm-hmm. They just just couldn't do it for whatever reason. They were not very good at scoring points in a game. They can pass the ball like crazy. They did a great job running early on in the season, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't actually get the job done. It's like the Kansas City Chiefs two years back. If you can't throw a touchdown to a wide receiver, you're not going to win very many games. And when you do win games, you're feeling pretty lucky. That was the thing about the Atlanta Falcons. They were not able to really score those points that they needed. Mm Mm-hmm. Is Sanu going to be the answer to that? I, I really don't know. I wouldn't say for sure that he is. Don't forget that they did draft a tight end as well. So they're going for a big body, hopefully, pass the ball to him in the red zone. Uh, but also having Freeman there, having him healthy, that's only going to help get, you know, let the team score touchdowns when they're in that short yardage red zone situation. If they can fix that problem, I think they're definitely going to be a lot better than they were last year, especially because the defense is improving, and Dan Quinn comes with that mentality of we're going to be a tough team. Mm-hmm. We're going to make people remember that we're tough.
1: And just because I did some research, you were actually wrong, by the way. Oh. Um, it is on the most valuable podcast account called Who Has the Best Wide Receiver Tandem in the NFL before we get back, one of to the, the best ones on there before, was uh, Marshall and Jeffrey. Just yep. saying. Before we get back to the Falcons, really quick, my little aside: Can you guess the date of that podcast? Um, well, it com- would have been
0: 2014.
1: Yep, that's the year. The date is coming it's up. July. July what? It's coming up this week. July first. July first, 2014. Yeah. So we're almost getting to the two-year anniversary of uh, Of that that particular particular podcast. podcast. Yeah, I mean, Dan Quinn came in last year, and it was all toughness. Beat the Eagles. Then they go on and beat the Giants and the Cowboys at home. That was still when they had Romo, I believe. Then they beat the Houston Texans, and then in overtime against Washington. And then from there, it's like like the injury to Freeman. I think the injury to Freeman— Kind of deflated played, them. Well, it played a part, but this team just couldn't get back together. I mean, they even lost to the Indianapolis Colts, and I remember that game, and that game was kind of a fluky game, only in the sense that I think the Falcons won it. The Colts didn't win that game to where Matt Hasselbeck, okay, he kind of played a good game, but let's be honest. The Falcons could have easily won that game. They mm-hmm. could have easily won that game over the um over the Colts. One thing I
0: want to I want to ask you Ricky mm-hmm. because it's the kind of topic of discussion that's happening a lot right now. Talking about Julio Jones, do you think he can get 2000 yards? He wasn't that far off. He had uh, 1871 last year.
1: If Freeman stays healthy the whole year, yes. Yeah, because the one thing that with Atlanta I feel like the run game has to support the pass game. And of course, it's one of those things where if you don't have Devonta Freeman out there healthy for the Falcons, we're just going to, you know, we don't have to crowd the box. Kind of like with my Vikings. When you play my Vikings, you're crowding the box because you want to limit AP's numbers. Well, if Devonta Freeman's out there, I'm not going to crowd the box. And I'm just going to stay back and fucking double team Julio Jones each time and that force you to have some. Mohammed Sanu beat me, beat you or beat me, I should say. Mm -hmm. So if Devonta the the goal for this offense, Devonta Freeman's health. That's what it is. That's what's going to drive this team. And the Falcons this year, I like I said with the Saints, it's going to be between them two. Panthers are probably going to finish first. Saints and Falcons are going to battle it out for two three bucks will be in last i think it's a
0: battle for two and three but i really think the atlanta falcons are going to steal it away from the saints i I just think that they're going to be the all around team yes Mm -hmm. the the saints are a better offense than the falcons Mm -hmm. but with that being said falcons are going to get better on offense they're going to get better on defense it's just that they're not ready to take that next step up i think the falcons can be one of those teams that are eight nine wins competing for the wild card but they're like that fringe team that they're Mm -hmm. like well they can get in the wild card if this team loses and that team loses and they win that type of situation where they're not going to just be able to play for their wild card spot Mm -hmm. uh the wild card is going to be very difficult in the nfc this year
1: well and let's move on to the last team the last one that we have yet to talk about your team claw hashtag claw up the carolina panthers and Really the thing for the Panthers that the question is for me is, do they get back to the Super Bowl? Do they have the schnuff to get back to the Super Bowl in 2016? And like I've done for every team thus far, don't worry, I'm not changing stuff up, is what they lost, what they gained. Their big losses, of course, have to be Josh Norman was franchised, didn't sign it. He's now in Washington. Kyle Love's no longer on the team. We've got Charles Tillman's no longer on the team. Chris Scott is no longer on the team. And what they bring in is basically their biggest free agency signings are Brandon Boykin, quarterback from the Steelers, and then Geno Grodkowski from the Falcons. So this is a team that might have lost a lot without gaining a lot.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, The the thing I want to – I kind of – Confuses me a little bit, but mm-hmm. when you really look at what happened last year and injuries and everything like that, you kind of get it. The only thing they didn't have a ton of draft picks. I think it's what they had five,
1: yeah. They're and they're getting I forgot to mention they're getting Calvin Benjamin back exactly. That's yeah. the
0: big part because you look at this team and you say they were not that good passing the ball, mm-hmm. they were great running the ball, they could run like nobody mm-hmm. else, but they couldn't really compete in the passing game and And how many drop passes that they have in the Super Bowl it's insane the one-dimensional nature of that is what really hurt the Panthers in the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. people want to blame Cam Newton all they want but that wide receiver group was depleted they dropped the ball like crazy all they could do was run stuff the box you win you're you're frustrated Cam Newton and you got the win it's easy so you look at this and you say all right Vernon Butler defensive tackle they Mm -hmm. get not one, not two, but three corners in the draft. It's like one why? Of them
1: has to step up because well, yeah. now we have a huge hole that Josh Norman is now leaving. But you're sitting there thinking,
0: why are they going all defense? It doesn't make sense. But you really think about it getting Calvin Benjamin is going to be huge. Getting him back is huge. Mm-hmm. Funches. You know, if he can step up, be a true, real number two, that's going to be a such a benefit, especially with a guy none other than Greg Olson, who mm-hmm. was the star of this offense last year, besides Cam Newton, of course. And then with a uh, you know Ted Ted Ginn Jr. still on the team, right? Ted Ginn. Mm-hmm. All right, so he's got to just you know be that third option there, because people keep talking up Ted Ginn Jr. like he's going to be, you know, a magical, um, you know, key to success. He's suddenly going to be. A number one wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. We all need to calm down on the guy, <laughs> but they have all these weapons for Cam Newton. Once you get him healthy, once everybody's there, and you have somebody who's to th- you know somebody to throw the ball to besides Greg Olson, the offense should be a lot better. Mm-hmm. I'm not super worried about Josh Norman because Josh Norman was very good in the zone coverage when he had to play you know man to man when he was really doing the bumping aggressive corner situation he either got frustrated as we saw of obj but he also got burned a fair amount and you know which leads you to think that you could get somebody in there to do what he did not Mm -hmm. at the same level but close enough because he was still getting burnt he wasn't
1: immune to it and i'm looking at their schedule right now and yes the loss of josh norman is huge and not one player can step in and fill that hole. However, I look at their schedule and I don't see too many, besides the division, if they can win most of their divisional games, I don't see too many teams that can expose that weakness. Denver, yeah, they got Mark Sanchez and Trevor Seaman. Siemen. They're not going to... Not gonna even contest that game, San Francisco. We don't know what's gonna go on with them. They're a question mark. Minnesota, Marquez. They're they're a tough one. They're a tough one because of Teddy Bridgewater Mm -hmm. at the helm. Then you got the division of Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, and Drew Brees. After that, then after a bye week, you got to play Carson Palmer. Okay, that's two. Los Angeles, Carson Palmer. You know what? He's still a viable. I think he can win that game for the Cardinals. It's a tough opponent for the They that
0: destroyed defense. him though. Let's remember that. They destroyed But now him.
1: they don't have Josh Norman. That's the that's a key thing. Josh Norman
0: himself there. didn't make five six turnovers. Six
1: turnovers. Happened. I'm gonna say it's a I'm gonna say it's a tough game. Goff, not a chance. Panthers mm-hmm. win. Alex Smith, okay, that'll be a tough opponent.
0: I feel good about the Chiefs history.
1: Then you got another division. Okay, you've got Derek, mm-hmm. you got Derek Carr. Russell Wilson, I'll throw him in there. Phillip Rivers, I don't know where to put him. Kirk Cousins, not a chance I'm adding him to this four. Mm -hmm. And then two more divisional games. So four opponents that I'm saying can expose that Josh Norman hole.
0: I'd I'd maybe put Derek Carr in there as well.
1: Okay, fine, five. But But we're not putting Kirk Cousins in there, that's for sure.
0: No, no. uh, It's just... I don't think the loss of Josh Norman is actually going to be as bad as people expect. I think they're going to find serviceable replacements. I mean, they drafted three options.
1: Good thing they're not playing the Giants because uh, OBJ would be—he'd uh, be upset but, that but he's he gets not to play. play. Norman gets, gets to, to play in place
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand the logic behind that one. Oh. Here's here's the thing about that is we're always going to talk about that game. We're always going to talk about that feud. But really, you know, Josh Norman's great. I'm not trying to take things away from him, mm-hmm. but OBJ is going to win that battle. He's going to keep winning it because he, I mean, you look at that first, the one that really started it mm-hmm. all, which is OBJ burning right past him, fortunately dropping the ball, but burns right past him, and that's what started the feud. And that's what got
1: under Wasn't his was there skin. also something about a baseball bat? Like, oh, I got a baseball bat on the sideline. I'll smash your kneecaps in or something like that.
0: They were talking shit all day. <laughs> they were talking shit all day. They,
1: they got after it too. Yeah, man. That game got out of hand. It's going to be fun.
0: Thanks, Josh Norman, for more entertainment by going to his division for some reason. Because he wants to play on the Washington Redskins.
1: Yeah, because they're going to be a good team. Why does anyone want to play on
0: the Washington Redskins? I don't get it. I still don't get it. People were mad at us because we didn't get it in the original video. We talked about it, but I still just don't get it.
1: Why would you, you want to go play the, for the Redskins? Uh, the Josh Norman video. We yeah. Did.
0: People were like, "Yo, you guys are too hard on the Redskins. No, we're not. The Redskins are just bad. They're not bad. They're just not good. I mean, you go from the best team who just went to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. who's got a very real chance of going back, to a team that's going to have to. Yes, you know they won their division last mm-hmm. year, but they're going to have to compete not only for the division but possibly a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. I just Here, don't get it.
1: Here's the big news, though. Getting back to the Panthers, and this is this is big key football stuff. You ready for this? Oh yeah. Cam Newton's not going to dab this season. No. He's retiring the Dab. Apparently, he's coming up with a new move, though. But Which is good. Here's a serious question for you. Mm -hmm. How much does retiring the Dab help or hurt the Panthers this season? I think it's a question I have to ask you, Mark. It's a question that needs to be answered. Everyone at home wants to know it. So the thing about the Dab here is I actually
0: 100% honestly feel that this almost actually is going to be a benefit to the Panthers. <laughs> and No more talk about,
1: man, you should just score the touchdown and yeah. get celebrated.
0: People are going to, because Cam Newton's going to be the topic of conversation, because people are going to talk about how mature he is boy, versus you, how immature he is. Boy,
1: you should just score the touchdown and then sit your butt down. Yeah, and people are going to sit there. His The
0: first loss he has, the first bad game he has, even if it is a win, well, how is he going to react? How's he gonna talk oh, in the post game conference? That Super Bowl loss. Yeah, exactly. People are gonna make a big deal, a way bigger deal than it needs to be made about this. So retiring the dab and mm-hmm. just kind of laying a little low. Apparently, be that he's coming up with
1: something new, though. We'll see.
0: But you know, it, I, I sit there and I, I just find it funny with those complaints. And obviously, you were making fun mm-hmm. of it. But you know, Aaron Rodgers goes out there and you know, WWE the champion belt, yeah. belt, and everyone loves that. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves Gronk Spike. People were loving the dab until Cam Newton started doing not good in the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden, everyone's pissed off about it. I don't. I think I don't there know.
1: were a few people upset with the dab, even when there were some. he started to do it. And then all
0: of a sudden, everybody jumped on it. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. fuck Cam Newton. Guy's a fucking Nazi. Like, <laughs> I mean, all, of a
1: Nazi every, all of a sudden, everybody hated him. All of a sudden, he was the worst the, fucking the player in
0: the NFL.
1: Yeah, I get the point that you're doing, but... Yeah, for the Panthers, this is going to be a key season of Mm -hmm. how do you come back from that Super Bowl loss. And I I think they come back fine. I think think they come back really strong.
0: If they have everybody healthy on the offense, because that's what really the downfall Mm -hmm. for the team was, I think what would be really special for this team, they keep a good defense, a great defense really, and Cam Newton comes out there and just lights people up. Mm -hmm. Just lights them up goes ahead puts up another mvp like performance and just shows everybody hey you guys were down on me last year i'm even better than i was this this year I'm than i was best last year
1: around no one's ever gone to keep yeah. me down i'm the best okay we're going to move on into the last mm. part of it because i feel like we're getting there What's your predictions for this division? I think I already said mine. Panthers win the division.
0: Yeah, Panthers are going to win the division. I found it's not
1: going to be a race.
0: They're not going to be as good as they were last year. They're not going to be fifteen and one.
1: But they're going to be good. They're, gonna they're be going really to good. win the division with at least a ten and six record. Yeah, I think probably they're going to have double digits for sure. Faux show. Sure. Yeah. So the question is, do we have any wild card teams from this division? Who no. Comes in second, who comes in last? We
0: don't have any wild card teams, and it's you know I don't think I don't. Know, this is this is what's tough. The NFC East is very good this year. Mm-hmm. The NFC North should be pretty damn good this it's year as well. The
1: best division in all football.
0: Mm, you can make the discussion. Uh, NFC East is going to challenge them
1: for sure. Well, then we have the thing about the East is Romo's healthy. Yep. And then you have Ezekiel Elliott's in there. We have is Kirk Cousins for real? That's the thing. And so, I mean, with Dallas, New York, and maybe Washington, I'll give you some love, Redskin fans. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why that's I'll reluctantly be tough. love you. Yeah. I'll reluctantly give you something to say, but hey, I, I don't hate you this And time. then, of
0: course, the NFC West. I mean, you have your perennial contenders in the Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So it's very very tough. Unfortunately for the south, that kind of puts them at worst division status. Does anybody else compete? I don't really think anyone else is even realistically competing for a wild card mm-hmm. spot. They might be in the running, but like I said, it's going to be this team needs to lose, that team needs to lose and then you guys need to win in order to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh Carolina Panthers got it locked. I would probably say the New Orleans Saints No, 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 Atlanta Falcons probably have it next, so nothing really changes. Then it's the New Orleans Saints, then it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the lonely basement.
1: I'll ask you this, because I don't think there's a chance of it happening, but just Mm -hmm. because I don't want to make Buck fans really sad, is there any chance that Jameis Winston can be good enough to that they get third and not last? Yeah, yeah, that could happen. They could get third. Honestly. So that would, but that would have to mean, would the saints have to do so much worse than them? Or would it be, Hey, we won two divisional games over you.
0: I think it'd be a combination of the two. You know, this is a tough thing with these, these bottom three teams. Uh, Not because they're necessarily terrible or anything, but they're just in this spot where they're kind of in that mediocre Mm -hmm. land where they could go from four wins, they could go up to seven, maybe eight wins. Mm -hmm. You really just don't know because there's a lot of question marks here and there's a lot of toss-up games. So a team like the New Orleans Saints or the Atlanta Falcons, maybe they could go four wins and maybe James Winston could squeak by and just get that fifth win to get over them or something. Totally possible in that case. I don't really see it coming. I really don't. I honestly think that there's going to be more tur- turmoil and more turnover in Tampa this year, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and you know how I feel because you,
1: you're calling it. Cotter's getting chudded. I
0: feel there's another chud going on. Someone's <laughs> got to get chudded.
1: Well, because here's the thing: like if they do bad, it's either Cotter's got to go after one year, or we got to draft De- Deshaun Watson, number one
0: and you you can't do that because you can't go number 1 overall quarterback mm-hmm. you're off number 1 overall quarterback you mm-hmm. can't do that you just can't do it uh you know this isn't a situation where Jimmy Clausen's our quarterback oh we have the chance for the number 1 overall Cam mm-hmm. Newton yeah we're going to go for it
1: No, here's and this is for bucks fans how i see it mm-hmm. you guys are going to get lashed you'll get a high draft pick last in the division not last in the league but you'll get a high draft pick Maybe get a Juju Smith out of uh, USC. Just get it. Like, the next thing for the Bucks is let's get a wide receiver that Jameis can call my guy. because yeah. It, kind it of surprised
0: seems, me that they didn't go for
1: it. The one thing we didn't mention when we talked about the Bucks too, is um, Austin Safarian Jenkins, or AFJ, as I like to call him. ASJ, he dealt with an injury, and he's mm-hmm. he was looking like to be Winston's favorite target. So... If he can stay healthy, maybe that helps Winston. Maybe that helps the team. But the Panthers, they're the division winners. No wild cards from this team. No, yeah. from this division, I should say. For sure. Before I wrap it up, anything we missed about the NFC South?
0: Uh, No, I mean, I think it's definitely going to be the worst worst division.
1: <laughs> worst division.
0: In, in the NFC. I only give them that because even though I think overall, There'll be more wins in this division than say the NFC West. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the NFC West will probably get two, too wild our two teams in the playoffs.
1: We know what I'm saying. Yeah. Three playoff teams from the NFC. Which I North. believe
0: for you, that bumps out only one team from the NFC East, would be my prediction for you. Would be my my thought was. Cause you're not gonna you're not gonna take the CL Seahawks out.
1: No, it would be Arizona would win the division.
0: Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You're not going to take the Seahawks out of the wild card.
1: Oh, wait, no, you are. Yeah. You I, are have, taking them two, well, yeah. I have two North teams in the wild card.
0: Mm, I don't like it. I don't
1: so like it. I have basically, you have the division winners, and then and everybody then the North but, but the Lions, the Lions yeah. which people are telling us. We, it, it would only make sense that a Vikings fan and a Bears fan give the Lions the most shit.
0: Well, they suck. So, only team to lose 16 games in a season.
1: It was a say. It was a sad year for. It was a great year. Lions fans. It was but a wonderful. Year. That's gonna do it for the onside kick. Next week we are going on to the west, manifest destiny, and we are going to start with the AFC West, talking about the division or not the divisional, the Super Bowl champion, Denver Broncos, and that whole division. Then we got the NFC West after that, and then we'll hit the East divisions. So I want to thank you guys for either listening on SoundCloud or watching us on the YouTube channel. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Mark is at The, with two e's, Mark Weber. Most Valuable Podcast, is at Most Valuable Pod. Go also check us out on Patreon. For those of you who want to support us a little bit more than hitting that like and subscribe button. For everyone who gives us a dollar, they get an exclusive Patreon podcast each and every month. Thank you guys for listening to the Onside Kick this week. We will be back next week, but until then, Have a good day, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.